Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows us that God's power in an atmosphere of faith will change hopeless situations. You need to stop listening to the people that believe it's over and God's not going to work. You need to get around a small core of people that believe that nothing is impossible for God. And you need to walk in the destiny that God has for you. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. As we move forward in our new series called Jesus Up Close, we'll be looking at how the people in your inner circle can turn impossible situations around. Today's message is called It's Not Too Late, and if you've missed any of the previous messages in this brand new series, you can catch up when you visit our website, boldstepsradio.org. And now, with your Bible handy, turn to the book of Mark, chapter 5, to begin our study with Bible teacher Mark Job. It tells us in, as Jesus began walking towards his destiny, he said, don't be afraid, just believe. Verse 37 says, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and he said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him and he put them out. I want you to notice that as Jesus is walking towards this crowd, getting close to the house of the synagogue leader, He heard what you hear at a lot of funerals. He heard the weeping, the wailing, the mourning, the crying. The interesting thing, however, is that in the Jewish culture, any funeral that was a part of any middle-class family usually actually hired mourners. There were professional mourners. I know it seems strange to us, but part of their culture, since even the poor, uh, uh, a... A scholar by the name of Lane says, since even the poorest man was required by common custom to hire a minimum of two flute players and one professional mourner in the event of his wife's death, it's probable that one who held the rank of a synagogue ruler would be expected to hire a large number of professional mourners. So their job was to go to funerals and to wail and mourn and to, you know, cry out loud. Imagine having that job. So when's our next gig? Tomorrow night. Okay, all right. Let's smear our mascara, all right. Let's practice in the mirror, the really sorrowful faces. Uh, Okay, I want you to be loud, okay? All right, everybody together, high five. Now let's go do it. And so they'd arrive at the funeral, not even knowing the person that had died. And they would be the professional mourners. They would wail and they would mourn and they would cry. Now you understand how they could switch their mourning to laughter so quickly. Jesus arrives, they're all mourning, wailing, ah, ah, crying out. And Jesus says, why is all the commotion? She's sleeping, not dead. And then suddenly they crack up. And they're laughing now and ridiculing him. Their sorrow wasn't true. They didn't believe. The crowd did not believe 
that Jesus could turn things around. It was too late already. And I want you to notice that when Jesus went to the room where this little girl lie, that Jesus brought with him only the inner circle of his disciples. He brought Peter, James, and John. These were the inner core of the 12 disciples. These were the men that Jesus had taken to the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you remember that? He was on the mountain and the glory of God appeared. These were his inner core, his fired up, faith-filled. They had seen God in his glory. They had seen the manifestation of the power of God. They believed that Jesus could do anything. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you're going to walk through a crowd of unbelief where everybody around you believes that it's over, that it's too late, that nothing can change, that there is no hope. And sometimes you're going to walk through an atmosphere of unbelief as you are moving to the destiny of a touch of God. It tells us in the very next chapter, I don't know if you remember this, but a few chapters, the next chapter, and Jesus went to his hometown. In chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And he could do no miracles except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he wondered at their unbelief. When Jesus went to his own hometown, there was such an atmosphere of unbelief that when Jesus even attempted to do some things in this oppressive atmosphere of unbelief, it said he could do no miracles because of their atmosphere of unbelief. Listen, I believe that there's something about an atmosphere of faith that allows the power of God to surge in extraordinary ways. I believe there's something about an atmosphere of doubt that puts a wet blanket over what God could do. My prayer is that you, you and I are people of such faith, believing God for such extraordinary things, that when we gather together in a gathering like this on Sunday morning, that the atmosphere that fills this place and charges the spiritual DNA of this place is the atmosphere of faith. And when faith is present, things begin to happen. When faith is present, it's the invitation to the supernatural power of God to be present and do all that He wants to do. Now, God is omnipotent and God is sovereign, so God can work in any environment. There's no limit to His power. But the environment that God chooses to operate in most, the environment that makes God feel welcome, the environment in which the Spirit of God manifests Himself with greater power is the atmosphere of faith where people are believing God for extraordinary things. When we gather together, we believe that people are going to come to Jesus. When we gather together, we believe that the Word of God is going to pierce the hardest of hearts. That people be, bring people here that are die-hard, never walked with God, not religious people, but they come into this atmosphere believing that change can happen. I believe it's that atmosphere where God begins to work with miraculous power. In this passage, we see that, that sometimes we have to walk through the crowd of disbelief by ourselves. 
where no one else believes. Number three, it's not too late, but sometimes you have to choose your inner circle carefully and close the door on the crowd. Notice in verse 37 that says that Jesus took Peter, James, and John and the parents. Do you see that? It tells us in verse 37, he, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. And when he came to the home of the synagogue, as he went to the synagogue, verse 40, he said they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, oh, you, maybe you missed that. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went where the child was. What was Jesus doing? If it were me, I would say, hey, come on, you laughing? Come on, watch what I'm about to do. <laughs> but Jesus kicked all the laughers out. He kicked all the doubters out. He kicked them out of the room. He didn't want the professional mourners. He didn't want the doubters. What was he doing? Well, I believe that Jesus was gathering an inner core that believed. Because the atmosphere of faith is the atmosphere in which God works most strongly. So he got Peter, James, and John who had seen the power of God. He got the mother and father who believed that God could do something, who desperately wanted to move from God. He kicked all the doubters, the mourners, the ridiculers out of the room. And it says, and he closed the door. So now all that was in the inner room was people that believed or desperately wanted God to move. Listen to me. Sometimes, sometimes, as God is seeking to turn things around, sometimes... You need to close the door. You need to choose your inner circle. You need to get together with a core that really believes, people that believe that God can move. You need to stop listening to the people that believe it's over and God's not going to work. You need to stop listening to the naysayers, the ones that say, He'll never change. It's over. There is no hope. Your marriage is never going to make it. Your son is never going to turn around. You are never going to leave that addiction behind. You will never kick the drug habit. You'll never get out of debt. You will never be able to live for God. It's the story that's gone over and over. Sometimes you need to kick the naysayers out of the room. You need to get around a small core of people that believe that nothing is impossible for God. And you need to walk into the destiny that God has for you. Well, you're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we will continue our message in just a second. But right now, I want to remind you that you can always find these programs and catch up on anything you might have missed by visiting boldstepsradio.org. Or subscribe to our podcast and take these messages with you wherever you go. Just search your podcast app for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job and tap the subscribe button. By the way, we just want to say how much we appreciate hearing from our listeners. Your comments and messages, even handwritten notes, are invaluable to our team, and we dedicate time to thoroughly peruse every message we receive. In fact, it's not just handwritten notes and emails, Mark. We receive audio from listeners from time to time. Listen to this one from Malawi, Africa. I like mostly uh, the, his teachings, Bodstep teachings, they're much encouraging. I've noticed a lot of changes in my life. 
since I started listening to this program, uh, there is more changes. Like the way I conduct with others, my behavior, yep, and the like. My spiritual life has changed a lot just because of that program. Oh, I That's love sweet. it, Wayne. <laughs> right from Malawi. Think yeah. about that. This yeah. is a testimony of a young lady coming from Malawi. What a beautiful thing. Hey, thank you so much for that word of encouragement. We love to hear the voices in different accents from different countries, but the same spirit of God moving throughout the world. Yeah, we thank our listeners for the support that makes that possible. If you've never reached out before, take a moment today to send us your letter or message online and let us know you're listening. For all the different ways you can contact us, just go to that website, boldstepsradio.org. All right, that was fun. Let's return now to the study on faithfully seeking the Lord. We're in Mark chapter 5, and here again is Mark Job. When I'm believing God for big things, when I'm believing God to do some things, I need some people of faith around me. I need some people that, that know who God is, that have experienced the power of God, that they've seen God move. They believe that nothing is impossible. He said, some of you have stopped praying, some of you have stopped trying, some of you have stopped working at it because you've been hanging out with people that says it's over. You're fighting for your marriage, fighting for it to turn around. And you're hanging out with all divorced people that are saying, you know what, I'd have got rid of him a long time ago. (laughs) Honey, like I did. I'm on my fourth. And believe me, if he acts up, he's out of here too. Everybody you're hanging out with is a naysayer. It's over. Leave it. Get out of it. Get rid of it. You wonder why your faith is low? You wonder why you have no belief that God can do it because you're just hanging out with people that have no faith that it can change. You're struggling with an addiction. You're hanging out with addicts. They've been in and out of rehab and they're still addicted. Ask you something. How about hanging out with some people that are free? Oh, there's plenty. They were addicts before, but they've been walking in sobriety and freedom and God-given liberty for a long time. How about hanging out with some people that know what it is to taste the air of freedom? How about hanging out with some people that are going to call you to the carpet and believe that there is a way? Some people that know that there's a path to freedom. How about hanging out with some of those? Ah, you're struggling with trying to live for God. You keep falling and falling into internet porn, sleeping with your girlfriend. You fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, and then finally you just stop fighting it. You just embrace the fact that this is the way it is. And now someone talks to you and say, well, everybody else is doing it. It's just kind of the way society is. I'm not going to fight it that much anymore. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I'm not even going to go there anymore. Listen, 
You're not hanging out with people that are walking in purity, people that have faith that you can change, people that believe that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that you don't have to give in to sexual pressure. Why not hang out with some people that, man, they are walking in their new God-given virginity. Oh, they may have fallen in the past, but that's an old life, but they're walking in purity all, all the way up to the marriage altar and saying, we are doing this by the power of God, having some people around you that are encouraging you, believing with you, holding you accountable, asking you to, to, to sanctify your dating relationship and go against the culture of this society and live in a way that is God-pleasing, that allows you to be full of the Spirit so that when you kiss that bride on that wedding day, you can look her in the eyes and say, hey, we may not have been perfect, but we've been living and walking for God. Amen? You need some faith-filled people at your inner core. You need to close the door on the outside naysayers and get that inner core together because that's where God moves and works with mighty power. Number four and last. It's not too late, but the life-giving touch and words of God are necessary to turn impossible situations around so here they are in the room the whalers are outside the doors closed the lifeless body of a 12 year old daughter lies in a bed the mother's holding back her shaking shoulders and The disciples are serious. They're intent. The father's somber. But Jesus is in the room. He approaches the bed of this lifeless body. This girl has been dead for hours now. You've been by bodies. It's a little creepy where there's been so much life. And now it's you just see the, the power of death draining the blood. Stiff face. Jesus walks over to this bed where the child was. He takes her cold hand in his hand. Verse 41, it says, he took, her hand, he took her by the hand and he says to her, oh, I'm sure he didn't scream it. I'm sure he just spoke it with confidence, with the authority of someone that knows God, the authority of someone that has the power of life and death, Yes, the authority of the one that was and is and is to come. He takes her hand. He looks at her face and he says, Talita kum. Talita kum. I love the sound of it. It means, little girl, I say to you, get up. 
next time you're trying to wake up your daughter from school? You got a new word. Talita kum, we're late for school. Talita kum. Little girl, get up. I can just imagine. Can you imagine that? The mother stops her, holds her breath. They look at the little girl. There's a faith-filled room. Jesus himself. And suddenly, a twitch of the eyebrow. A movement of the lips. And the eyes open. The power of God that you could not see, but all of heaven harnessed the power of the resurrection that has no limit. It's the power that raises the dead, the power that heals the sick, the power that saves the soul, the power that breaks the chains of addiction, the power that, that, that breaks through unforgiveness, the power that stills nature itself, the power that creates the universe, that power in the Son of God and released to His people through the Holy Spirit of God, that power manifests in that room. The Bible says immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders to not let anybody know about this. And then of course like a good father he said give the poor girl something to eat. And he told them to give her something to eat. You see, it's not too late. I don't know your circumstance today. I don't know your story. I don't know exactly what's happening in your life today. But I do know this. I know my God. I know His power. I know His ability. I know that some of you have been lied to about your own destiny and your own life. Some of you have been lied to about your children. Some of you have been lied to about your mental state and your heart's condition. Some of you feel hopeless, like it's too late. Today you're in a place that I believe is full of an atmosphere of faith. And I don't know about anybody else, but I came full of faith today. listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, Moody Bible Institute president. Mark, you said earlier that the life-giving words of God are necessary to change our circumstances, but how do people who are being lied to by the enemy first stop listening to those lies and then second, find the faith to stand firm? That's super challenging, Wayne, because it's so easy to listen to the lies, mm-hmm. isn't it? But I love what Jesus did in this story. He, he tells the people that were the doubters and the critics and the naysayers to get out of the room. And he keeps only his disciples, the parents, and the little girls. And and I think, Wayne, that he did that specifically because he wanted people that believed in the inner circle. Isn't it interesting we have those details in Scripture? We do, and it's great. And, And I really believe that some of our listeners need to choose their inner circle well. 
And sometimes you just need to get those people of faith around you that are holding to the word, especially if you're going through a hard time right now. You need people around you that are encouraging in the word, an inner circle that's full of faith. And then when the words of God start to speak, you trust those words. Well, thanks for that word of encouragement, Mark. And if you're just joining us and you'd love to hear this message in its entirety, you can listen to this message and all of Mark's previous messages when you visit boldstepsradio.org. And then with the last few minutes remaining, let me invite you to request a copy of this month's Bold Step gift. I think it's more than just a book. It's an authentic spiritual adventure. Pastor Louis Giglio is inviting you on a 66-day journey into the presence of Christ, guiding you with profound insights and key verses and practical devotions to help you learn how to share time with your Creator. It's titled, At the Table with Jesus. And that's where you'll find yourself when you journey through the pages of this transformative resource. We'd be happy to send you a copy. Give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps and receive it by calling 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online at boldstepsradio.org. And if it's easier, you can also send your donation and request for Mark's book to us in the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And as we wrap up our week, don't forget that you can also listen to the weekend edition of Mark's teachings, known simply as Bold Steps Weekend. If you can't find it on your local station, feel free to listen online by going to boldstepsweekend.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to join us again next week where we'll learn how to keep the enemy from robbing us. It's part of our Jesus Up Close series, and you can hear it beginning Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.